This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condice Presley, and so as we continue to digest that Thanksgiving dinner and those turkey sandwiches, we've had Black Friday, tomorrow is Cyber Monday, and then comes Giving Tuesday. With the holidays comes an increased awareness of all of our blessings and our bounty, and with Giving Tuesday, you will have an opportunity to give back to organizations like Girls Incorporated. So now joining us in the studio today is Karen Beaver. She's the CEO of the Georgia Center for Nonprofits, and Michelle Graves. She's the Director of Programs for Girls, Inc. Karen, tell us about Georgia Gives Day, now Giving Tuesday. Yes, well, it's so exciting because we're aligning uh, Georgia Gives Day with Giving Tuesday to make an even bigger impact. It's on November 28th. And it's all day long. Um, For those of you that don't know about Georgia Gives Day or Giving Tuesday, it is a flash mob of giving. So it's one day when our entire community can pop up and pick a cause that they care about. Um, Go to gagivesday.org, find that cause, and and donate. It's a very simple process, and 100% of your donation goes straight into the bank account of that nonprofit um, for their work. It's amazing. Tell us about the impact you all have been able to have with Georgia Gives Day now married to Giving Tuesday on November 28th. Of course. The impact really gets extended. There are a lot of people that um, do their donations on on Giving Tuesday. So if you're not familiar with that, it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday, November 28th. And uh, then there were a lot of people that would do Georgia Gives Day. And we thought, well, it's around the same time of year. I don't know why we don't just get together. And so now all of those donors are combined, all of the different giving tools um, the incentive funds, everything is combined into one day um, uh, of impact for nonprofits. It's an incredibly important day. Um, so far, we've raised, uh, with five Giving Tuesdays, uh, about $15 million in uh, operating support for nonprofits to do uh, their thing in community, whether that's uh, helping girls be the best that they can be or saving uh, a dog or a cat at Fur Kids to um you know, helping a homeless veteran find that next house. So tell us about Girls, Inc. and what you guys do. Well, Girls, Inc., we're located in Marietta, Georgia. We, we serve the metro area. And Girls, Inc., our local Girls, Inc., started as a girls club back in 1976. So we have four, over 40 years' experience working with girls in the metro Atlanta area. And our mission is to inspire girls to be strong, smart, and bold. And what we do that through after-school programming, in-school programming throughout Metro Atlanta, and we have a summer program during the summer we call Summer University. So, Michelle, Girls, Inc. is a part of the Georgia Center for Nonprofits, correct? Yes, ma'am. And for years, I think uh, since 2012, on Georgia Gives Day, the organization has been able to raise more than $13 million for nonprofit organizations across the state of Georgia. And that's been a big thing we've all been a part of. I've, I've volunteered for this for many years. And what's different in 2017 is taking it basically national and joining with the hashtag Giving Tuesday, because right. as we said at the start, we already know about Black Friday and Shop Local Saturday and Cyber Monday. So to keep the theme going, we've got Giving Tuesday. And so I'm sure that on the Girls Inc. website, is there an opportunity for folks to give? There's definitely. You can go to our Girls Inc. ATL.org and donate there or through Georgia Gives. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity for you to help many organizations within this metro Atlanta area. Is there like a basic gift that you guys ask for or is any donation welcome? Any donation is welcome. All of 
uh, all of the money will go to help the girls um, with our programming in our center and in our school-based programming. Now, how long have you been with the organization? Five years. Best thing about being the program's director for Girls, Inc.? Seeing the girls grow. And, and watching them change over the years, because one of the, the key elements to our Girls, Inc. experience is sustained exposure. So we want to have the same girls there year after year, and we do. We have the same girls in our after-school program. They roll over to summer. They come back after school. We have some girls that do our school-based programming and then come in the summer. So we see the same girls year after year, and I'm able to see them grow and to change. And to have them repeat some of the same things that I've said to them is an awesome experience for them to really understand it and it become part of their thinking. How did you get involved in Girls, Inc., and when did you know that you had a heart for this kind of work? I think I always knew. Um, I've always done community service, maybe starting back, I would say, second grade, and that was years and years ago. Um, Second grade, I started volunteering in senior homes, and I've always done community service. um, After I graduated from college, I did AmeriCorps. I was a part of AmeriCorps, and it, it got me into the teaching arena in an urban area. Loved it. And then I guess a little after that, I kind of made a change and everyone said, oh, you should go into corporate America. So I did corporate America. I worked there for 13 years. And then my heart was always back in a nonprofit trying to help people to succeed in life. So it brought me to Girls, Inc. Um, Girls, Inc. actually is my very first nonprofit experience, and I would never have it uh, any other way. It, it, it's a job that I can finally say I wake up in the morning and I love to go to. I don't take sick days. I don't like to be out of work. This is the joy in my life. Michelle, considering some of the headlines that have been in the news in recent weeks, share with our audience why it's so important to support Georgia Gives Day, now known as Giving Tuesday, and especially an organization like Girls, Inc. that works to educate and empower young women to be strong adult women. One of the things that we teach our girls is that there is power in your voice and to use that voice to make change in the world. So especially with everything that's going on, our programs are very important to teach girls that they do have a place in this in this world and to and to take that seriously and to really take all the tools that we've taught them and to become successful women contributing in this society. Now, I noticed in the uh, mission and some of the information about Girls, Inc., you guys uh, have programs that equip girls to navigate gender, economic, and social barriers, you say, to allow them to break the cycle of poverty, achieve academic success, to become healthy, educated, and independent adults. Does that mean there are times in programs where you actually teach girls at the appropriate age what is and what is not okay? Yes, we do. Um, Girls Inc. prides ourselves. We're, we're a national organization, so all of our programs are researched and tested. So, and they're proven. We know that they work to provide results for our girls. So, as they get older, we really do push our risky behavior programs that teaches girls to avoid those type behaviors, um, like drugs or alcohol. And as they get older, we do teach them about healthy sexuality and saying no, and and the repercussions of the decisions that they make. And one of the things that our organization prides ourselves in is our Girls, Inc. girls have proven to avoid risky behaviors because of the programs that we provide. Compared to nationally, girls, we have a lot of statistics that prove our girls don't, you know, don't drink um, quite as early as the national average 
or smoke or become involved in risky behaviors. So our programs do help these girls succeed later in life, currently and later in life. You've worked in the nonprofit sector for quite some time. Do you get the sense now that our community genuinely appreciates and understands the impact that the nonprofit organizations in Metro Atlanta and other communities around the nation really do get this work done and make a tremendous difference? Yes, I think it's like any other um, effort. Some people are more familiar than others. But, you know, I always say that you live your life in nonprofits and whether you know it or not. Uh, you have been touched by that. You're either biking down that belt, you know, the 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 path or the um, belt line. You might uh, have an experience with diabetes in your family or some other medical affliction that has some research has been done. Um, you may have adopted your cat or dog. You may have gone to a nonprofit university. So in some way, nonprofits have impacted your life, and uh, and you live your life in them. They mean something to you, and you should support. Um, those things that make your community thrive and uh, those things that make your life uh, all that it can be. And I think a lot of people, when they step back and really think about um, the good things in their life, the benefits of their house of worship or their, um, their, their, their family and the things that have touched them, they will resonate with the fact that nonprofits um, really do um, make their life great and our community thrive. Karen, you said over the last five years, you all have raised something like $15 million. I'm certain there are people who are listening who are thinking, my goodness, those are huge dollar amounts. I really want to help, but I just can't afford to. I don't I don't have enough to give or my, my gift won't matter. Is that true? That is so not true. Um, you know, every dollar matters. Uh, there are so many nonprofits that work very hard um, you know, to uh, provide uh, f- food for those uh, animals that are in their care or to house a veteran. And it's not just your giving. It's your giving plus your neighbor's giving plus that foundation's giving. It is um, so meaningful, I can tell you, uh, to, to be able to expand this work and keep those lights on and keep that, um, those volunteers coming and cared for, uh, keep those causes cared for. And the other thing is, I think it's a shot in the arm for nonprofits. You know, we do, I would say we solve hard problems. You know, our title is Hard Problem Solver. And, you know, when you see the community galvanizing around giving a little or a lot, whatever you're capable of doing, but showing your love uh, for what we do, showing your support, it just means a tremendous amount. And it is a joyful event. It's something that everybody should get involved in. You'll see everybody just um, chattering about it and laughing and just being so uh, joyful about all the giving that's happening because it's not so much that's just about Girls Incorporated or it's just about, you know, uh, the, the Humane Society. It's really that it's about the nonprofit sector and the work and the worth of what we do. And I think that's what um, Georgia Gives Day is all about. It's about giving your time, giving your love, and giving some of your money. Uh, to, to a cause you care about. And it can be a little bit, you know, uh, will make all the difference in the world. Um, it's really about getting, everybody says, how much are you raising? It's about getting the most donors possible, not necessarily the most dollars. We're looking for, uh, we're looking for love here. We're looking for the most donors. And so um, every person that can give um, should get involved in this. It's super easy. You go to www.gagives.org. That's gagives.org. You think about a cause you care about, you put it in a search box, click and give and show everybody that you care. You can give a tribute to somebody you love. I'm giving this in memory of my grandmother or whatever, and that'll go straight across the homepage. And you will delight uh, a cause in your area right in your own backyard. And I think that's what makes this so awesome. This is really about the causes that impact our own communities 
whether you're here in Atlanta or in uh, Mableton or in uh, Savannah, you can uh, find something uh, that is doing work right in your backyard. Or in Marietta Light Girls, Inc. Yeah. Marietta Light Girls, Inc. Right. That's right. Support support them. They are awesome. And I know Girls, Inc. is looking for all those new donors. And that's really what it's about is expanding the love, right? right. Expanding that relationship. We are. I mean, revenue is critical to our financial stability. So we really look forward to donations and for new champions for our girls. Right. All right. Well, hopefully we've found a few for you guys today. It's Georgia Gives Day on Giving Tuesday, Tuesday, November 28th. All you have to do is give us that website one more time, Karen. Gagives.org. And the Girls Inc. website one more time because I know there's a link there. It is www.girlsincatl.org. All righty then. Good luck. Thank you. According to the Census Bureau, did you know that 1,300 new step families form every day? You know, that's a case where one of the many families that tends to end in divorce, one of the parents, or perhaps both of the parents, will opt to remarry, which means there are many, many families in America that have not only mom and dad, but a bonus mom and a bonus dad. Our guests in the studio today are Justin and Monique Hahnemann. They are both, Justin and Monique, are a bonus mom and a bonus dad, and they have come up with this really great book for children to help explain and show, in their language, the role and what it means to be a step-parent. And I want to welcome you guys both. Thanks for coming. I love this book. You pick it up, and if it's mom to a child, it's the bonus mom book, and then you turn it over, and if it's dad to a child, it's the bonus dad book. And I just love that. Whose idea between the two of you was it to do this? Yeah, absolutely. First, it's great to be here. Um, so this idea started about nine years ago when we first got married. I had been married before and, and came into our relationship without kids. Uh, Monique had been married before, came into the relationship with two kids. And so I became the bonus dad. And um, we started calling it that because a colleague of ours referenced that versus the stepdad, just as a, as a better way to frame up the idea of, of the bonus dad role. Um, but the book itself actually... Uh, It started about two or three years ago. Uh, We had both written other books uh, in different genres. And so I had this idea that, you know, I want to write about my experience being a bonus dad. Like, what's that like? What are the lessons learned and whatnot? And so I started writing it as if it was like a how-to, like a kind of your traditional leadership book, but around relationships. And it was absolutely boring. It like literally I gave it to Monique several times to review and over the course of like not just one year but two years it just sat there and didn't go anywhere. Yeah, he kept asking me to add my piece to it and I would I would start reading it and I would put it down and then, you know, six months later he would say, Have you added your piece yet? You know, take a look at it and I just I couldn't get into it. There was no passion or no energy around it. So fast forward to this past June, Justin called one day and he gets his best ideas when he's swimming. (laughs) And he called it, I don't know, seven o'clock one morning and just got out of the pool and said, I had a great idea while I was swimming. Let's make the bonus dad, bonus mom book into a children's book instead of this adult manuscript. And I said, that's the best idea you've had in nine years. (laughs) And and absolutely. And it's, it's, it just goes to show that once you hit on the right idea, it came together so quickly. Whereas that other manuscript had sat around our house for two, two and a half years. Sure. So it goes from being a book that's probably a couple hundred pages and, as you said, Justin, 
dreadfully boring. Very boring. To and preachy. that is so lovely and bright. I mean, this book is written for all the bonus dads or bonus moms who give of themselves to lovingly and patiently step into the role of becoming a step parent. I mean, what a simple yeah. idea in such a lovely story. Yeah. The idea is not that the bonus parent's going to replace the parent. And, you know, the, the other parent, as in our case, is still incredibly involved. My kid's dad's very involved. Justin is a bonus to them. And so we wanted to present the book in a way that the bonus parent is shown doing all the traditional things that a parent does. Making breakfast, driving carpool, playing games, reading bedtime stories, all the normal parental stuff. And then Justin had this great idea to add in, I'll let you talk about the bonus, the value. Sure. Yeah. So the book... um it's also addressing a market that's really underserved. So there's a lot of children's books out there on the market. You can go to any store and you'll find lots of kids' books, but you'll find very few, if any, that really talk to kind of the blended family concept. So um, and in addition to that, what we wanted to do is we, we both work with kids every week with our church, and one of the, the format um, elements that they use at the church is to have kind of a big idea of value for that month. And then everything feeds off of that. So we thought, well, why don't we make every page a value you know, that the kids can, can read about, learn about, reinforce with the, their bonus parents. And so that's the structure of the book. And what we did with that, that value word is we, didn't, we don't have it in the text of the story, as you'll see. It's, il- it's, it's built into the illustration. Right. You got to so find it. So tenacity and cooperation <laughs> and honesty, uh, respect, it's all built into the illustration differently on every page. And our illustrator did such a good job of doing that. So who did the illustrations? They're so wonderful because it's a pet family and it's blended and it's cute and it's warm and cuddly. We wanted fun and whimsical. And who did the illustrations? So I went online and just started looking up, Googling watercolor, animal, whimsical illustrations and ended up with people all across the country and reached out to probably about 12 people to see if they were interested in illustrating a book. Had they ever done this before? A couple people opted out, said, that's not my thing. I ended up talking with four different people, um, two here in Atlanta uh, and one woman in California. And I'll never forget, it was a Friday evening when I spoke with her. And we just, her name was Jackie Benson, and we just connected. And I said, here's what we're trying to do. And she's like, yep, got it. I get it. I get it. I got it. Um, she's a stay-at-home mom with an Etsy art business, and I loved her her artwork on Etsy. And the the clincher was at the end when I said, you know, we envision the family as being this, you know, this group of labs, you know, dogs, <laughs> labs. And she said, I have a yellow lab. I said, perfect. <laughs> right. Personify your yellow lab, and we're good to go. And she's nailed it. Yeah, we'd give her an idea, and she'd come back to us hours later with not just kind of right, but like the exact and even better concept and so you know how hard it is to find like this um this mix of creative people when and really when it works together and this is i think what we found that chemistry was there so once you had the words and then once you had the illustrations how hard was it to put it all together into this lovely book that is a gift for the bonus child yeah so that's a that's a great question because it's a hardback book and so um, for those out there that have written books, um, if you've done soft cover books, there are a lot of options for that, especially in North America and the U.S. You can do print on demand. You can work with a mid-sized publisher. You can go with a big publisher. Um, and then you have options of hardback and, and soft cover. What we found with this, though, is we really had to look long and hard about where and how to print a hardback children's book because there are very few options and they're super expensive in North America. So we found 
And horizontal. Right, exactly. It's the way we laid it out. And so, and, and those are things you'd never know if you had never worked on this project. So we found that working through Alibaba, we found a distributor um, that could actually put together the books in hardcover format, um, had a process in place. So, you know, they could turn things very quickly for us and we can get it out to market before the holiday. And we work with a group here in town called Henderson Shapiro Peck, HSP, and they took all the drawings and took all yeah. of our words and sort of put it all together into a print-ready format for us. Now I got to find out what did uh, Kendall and Harrison? I mean, when did uh. you share this with them, and did they sign off and say, "Well done"? They were part of the review. They were. They were absolutely I would part of it. Yeah. Be like, if not first, exactly. Yeah. They <laughs> they literally third. changed some of the words that we'd written in there. They yep. um, made suggestions on some of the illustrations of you know how they what would be generic enough that it would apply to all people. Uh, and they both had had comments and feedback. The only I, I'll laugh because Harrison's a wrestler, and so our our sport in there of the parents, you know, watching the sporting event is a swim team. And he's like, I think that'd be really cool if it was a wrestler. I said, Well, I don't think wrestling is universal enough of a sport. Right. Swimming kind of is. So he lost on that one. But they made great comments yeah, and great feedback. They were a big part of it. So Justin, how old were the kids when you became their bonus? Great dad? question. Yeah. So we met and they were seven and nine. We married. Uh, they were eight and ten. And so great ages. I work with kids every week that are in this kindergarten through sixth grade kind of area. And my passion is really in that second to fifth. And they were right in that sweet spot. So it was a great time to get involved with them. And I feel like at that age, they're still very uh, influential and you can really make an impact regardless of whatever situation's going on around it. And you went into the marriage knowing that I'm not your dad, you have a dad, right. I'm your bonus dad. <laughs> yeah, that was one thing. I mean, I think anybody that's listening that has has married into kids um, thinks about is, is there ever going to be a time when the kid says, you're not my dad or you're not my mom? And yeah, I mean, I definitely thought about that and was cognizant that that could happen. But I just made an extra effort, especially early on, to not be overly like the dad, quote unquote. And they have a dad. He's around and he's been involved. So it wasn't like a situation where the dad's nowhere to be found. It is. It was a situation where he was involved. So I played more of a supporting role at first. And then over time, I feel like I've gotten more in the mix. Monique, no matter the status of a blended family, this is a great universal story that has application, right? It's an absolutely universal story across the board. How, however involved or uninvolved the parents are. I even have a friend who, who bought it the other day. She's not a bonus mom by in any legal sense of the world of the word but she plays that role in some children's lives through sort of being a almost like a big sister but big mom bonus mom and so it there's it's so applicable so applicable. This book is obviously a great holiday gift to uh, totally. a kid in your life. Totally. Justin, if folks are looking for something to give that special to that special family, and it's a great unique gift, how do they do that? Yeah, so they can you can reach out to us and, and learn more about the book on our website, contenderbrands.com. And then, of course, it's on Amazon today. Um, you'll find it there. Um, but all the detail uh, is on our website, contenderbrands.com. So, Monique, we can get the book on your website. We can also visit bonusmombonusdad.com. You said Amazon. How much is it? It's fourteen ninety five, and a portion of proceeds from all sales go to the National Step Family Resource Center, the NSRC, which is a nonprofit based out of Alabama that does research and provides um, information to step families across the world. I want readers to have the same response that we did, which was the passion and the energy and the enthusiasm around families come in all different shapes and sizes, parents come in all different shapes and sizes. There's no single definition of a family. And we've been able to make this bonus family thing work so well for us and overlay that with the cute dogs and overlay that with the value words. And we just think it's, a, we're just obviously very passionate about this. No question.
You got to get it just to see Mommy Lab with the hoop <laughs> earrings. It is wonderful. Yeah, there's the book, a lot of fun details. <laughs> absolutely. The book is Bonus Mom, Bonus Dad, A Child's Guide to Understanding the Role of a Step Parent. It's written by Justin and Monique Hahnemann. The illustrations are lovely and by Jackie Benson. Visit BonusDadBonusMom.com. There you go. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.